the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What happened to the FBI? Remember when there was nobody who got more respect than an FBI agent? Even the boss, J. Edgar Hoover, remember him? Uh, being busted as a cross-dresser and a blackmailer of politicians uh, didn't change the opinion that everybody had of an FBI agent. But it's been a bad five or six years for the agency, going back to when Donald Trump became president, or even be back to when he was trying to become president. And now there are serious people in Washington who think the FBI had agents planted all over the Capitol on January 6th, 2021. But you ain't heard nothing yet. The Washington Times has a story about whistleblowers who have told members of Congress about FBI executives going after agents who were considered disloyal to the United States for, among other things, not wearing a mask during COVID or refusing to get the COVID vaccine. Being a a Trump supporter was also apparently a problem. And believe it or not, so was being a military veteran. And it wasn't just going after them to get them fired. They purposely managed, at least according to the whistleblowers, they purposely managed to bankrupt one agent who hasn't been paid for a year, over a year, and is suing the FBI. The more you find out about the FBI, the less you like it. And there are lots of people, many in government now, who would like to see it go away. Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times broke this story about the FBI whistleblowers yesterday, and the FBI is not pleased. She'll be here to talk about this after the break. And in our second half hour, we're going to talk to Congressman Guy Reschenthaler from the 14th District about what the elections last week around the country and locally say about the Republican Party heading into 2024 and lots of other stuff, including uh, what the message on abortion should be and if there is any chance of getting Congress to stop spending so much money. Stick around. Well, there's a pretty good chance that you have a pretty low opinion of the FBI right now. It's been a bad, I don't know, five or six years for the organization. And what would you think if you heard that the FBI doesn't like military veterans who work there? Kerry Pickett is a congressional reporter for The Washington Times. She joins us now. Thanks for coming on the show, Kerry. Thanks for having me. So um, you wrote this story at the Times. Who is saying that the FBI has been targeting former military members and trying to force them out? Well, I want to be very specific here. Uh, What we're talking about here is a specific division of the FBI that deals with security clearances. Now, obviously, what are those? Uh, That sort of gives the power of FBI personnel, so, for example, FBI agents, to uh, be able to look at top secret information or classified information, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, but basically to, to do their work. So uh, when the security division, otherwise known as FBI lingo, known as SECD, uh, when they want to uh, punish FBI agents, uh, when they want to you know, investigate them for what they deem to be infractions, 
they will suspend agents' uh, security clearances. And in this case, the security division from this uh, new disclosure, disclosures are uh, basically uh, you know, contacting, for example, Congress, telling them, hey, malfeasance is uh, going on over at the FBI. So they contact, for example, uh, Congress, and they say, and uh, in this case, they're, they're saying that uh, in, the, in, the, in the security division, they are uh, they're 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 going after perhaps conservatives, maybe military guys, calling them disloyal Americans uh, for politicized reasons. And this security division uh, is is unfortunately uh, going around doing this in, in the past several years, and and it's unfortunate. Uh, what we're seeing here is is that. A, a SecD employee whose name we don't know uh, has, has said that, for example, there was a FBI whistleblower going back in May. Remember all those public whistleblowers who testified before Congress? There was this one whistleblower named Garrett O'Boyle. Uh, he ended up becoming homeless because uh, the security division ended up suspending him right after he was transferred and ended up going to his uh his new field office, and they and and they figured they would do this right after he ended up transferring, and 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 they figured, yeah, we'll end up financially, uh, you know, distressing him, and 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 it was simply because they didn't like him personally and politically. Well, uh, yeah, that's one of the stories. Was maybe the most amazing was that they sent this Garrett O'Boyle guy to another office, and according to your story. He basically walked into his new house and got the call that he was fired. So, Correct. And, and he had no no family out there to help him. And he was, Cor- I guess you, you described him as being homeless. Correct, correct. We're talking about pregnant wife, already had four kids. And on top of that, uh, he was. what they did here was they accused him initially of leaking information about the uh, what was known as this Project Veritas case mm-hmm. to Project Veritas. Uh, now this new whistleblower, still anonymous, who comes from this division that we're talking about here, uh, SecD, he, they're saying, no, SecD lied. He never leaked any information out to Project Veritas or the media. He just gave the information to a fellow FBI employee. They lied about him, according to this new uh, FBI uh, whistleblower d- disclosure, but they wanted to get him out. So this is a very interesting situation that we have here. But it, it, it isn't just Garrett O'Boyle. This has happened to many other uh, military veterans. I mean, th- there is this one uh, Marine that I uh, that I mentioned in there where they said they just wanted to get rid of him, and they ended up uh, just uh, saying, look, we don't care how you get rid of him. Find a way to get rid of him. And they had the investigators canvas 10 police departments to find out if there are any complaints about him. So basically what they do is they find minor infractions and then they blow them up to make it, to make it seem like it's something that has to be used to like yank their suspensions or rather, excuse me, yank their clearances for suspensions. And unfortunately, uh, it's become weaponized against FBI personnel. The whole whistleblower process over at the FBI is completely uh, you know, horrible. It's been going on for years and years and years. 
And it's something that uh, Congress has explored before, but really hasn't done a great job in, in reforming at all. So the culture there, uh, they tend to look down on people who don't go along with the program um, and speak up about things that they think uh, uh, are going wrong there. Correct, correct. And ultimately, uh, you know, the, the, the issue here that they, that they really need to explore as well is the, uh, is the FISA uh, process it is also mm-hmm. the the, uh, the whistleblower uh, process over at the FBI because the FBI doesn't like to be scrutinized. They don't like to have allegations uh, put against them, but boy, do they like to do it against their own people. Mm-hmm. So this is how they treat their own workers. You can only imagine how they think about the American people. Now, mind you, I- I'd like to be very clear here. We're talking about how the senior executive service, that is uh, government service employees, uh, level 15 and up uh, treat their rank and file members over within the FBI. Very often when you criticize the FBI, they go, how dare you criticize men and women of the FBI who, who uh, oh, yeah. you know, go out there. And I think that is really, shall we say, uh, it's, it's condescending to the American people who know the difference between management and workers. Okay. Mm-hmm. We all have management. We all have workers. At our jobs, and this is where we are right now with the FBI. You have management who treat their workers very, very poorly, and and that is something that needs to be dealt with over here on Capitol Hill. You mentioned uh, Garrett O'Boyle, and he's in in your story, and we're talking to Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times. Um, You mentioned him, and you said they just wanted to get him. What did he Mm -hmm. do? Was there something that you said that they they tried to pin – leaking to Project right. Veritas, Veritas on him. But that I could see if he did that and they were upset with it, they could try to fire him over that. But what else could it have been that they were after him for? Look, there could have been any number of, uh, of issues attached to him. He is a Christian conservative. He is a, he is a military veteran, and he's very outspoken about his, about his views and and what he is. And unfortunately, if you are very outspoken about what you are over at the FBI and, and it gets around and it gets over to the security division, then they will very well take care of you uh, in a very bad sense. Uh, I've heard stories about um, FBI agents or FBI personnel making jokes that the uh, that certain FBI personnel were felt were offensive, and then the security division came after them later on. It's I mean I've heard about uh, FBI uh, agents who ended up sending around um, news articles over. There was a case very that very recently, and we saw that publicly with Marcus Allen. He he sent around news articles about January sixth, and they didn't like that, and they went after him, and they bounced him. And so there's, it could be any small thing if they, if they don't like the fact that you didn't get the COVID vaccine shot or that you're against wearing masks, that could be something that could have gotten you bounced. It could have been any number of things. Yeah, so um, not wearing a mask during COVID, they could consider that un- un-American activity, being disloyal to the United States? Disloyal, yes, disloyal to the United States, and then... and. You 
could have not had like any collusion whatsoever with a with a with a foreign power. But they'll but they'll put that in as as a reason that you were a disloyal American to the U.S. They'll say that was a reason. I mean, in in Marcus Allen's case, you know, they were looking for a reason to call him anti-American, even though he was a Marine combat veteran. I mean, it, it was absolutely outrageous. Now, you said that they don't like people who are outspoken. Are you allowed to be outspoken on only uh, as a conservative or not allowed, I guess, to be outspoken as a conservative or a Christian? But is it okay to say you think that the World Health Organization is wonderful and you love the United Nations? I think what it comes down to when it comes to the FBI is that if you embarrass them in any way, if you are someone who they don't feel very comfortable with, they are going to find a reason to suspend you or rather to suspend your clearance without pay. Now, I want to be very clear about this as well. When the FBI suspends your clearance without pay, that means you cannot get any other job if you want to keep uh, or even have an, or even uh, have any uh, uh, or have any chance to even get your clearance back. So you can't go and get a job in private security or something like that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and say, hey, you know, I got a clearance here. No, 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 none of that. I, I mean, it's it's because people very very hard years to try and get that clearance. You know, it's something that people work very hard for. And then the FBI says, oh, sorry, we're going to suspend that. So some of these people want to use their experience perhaps to, okay, well, I can't work at the FBI anymore. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll go back and work for my local police force. Yeah, yeah. But the FBI is going to say, well, we have to approve that first. Sorry. You see? So it's one of those things where, well, what can you use your like years of like experience here over at the FBI if they're suspending you without pay? See? Yeah. Well, um what was the FBI's response to your story? Well, the FBI got, of course, very upset. First off, even before they gave us a fuller statement than uh, what they uh, first intended, uh, they they first called me on on a Saturday over the holiday weekend, and they demanded that we take the article down, and uh, we said absolutely not. Uh, then they. Uh, yeah, then well, basically, they, excuse me, Carrie, but but what? Uh, why? Why should you take want, it down? They wanted us to take the article down because there was one comment out of the seventy or so comments that were below the article at, at the time that, that was offensive. You know, there, there was a you know someone, the people that said to hang oh, one okay. of the two principals, and honestly, they could have just said, "Hey, there, there is a." Yeah, you know, we thank you very much for telling us about one of our, you know, yeah. one of the people who put a offensive comment. We will take the comment down, but that wasn't what they were asking. I mean, that goes against our policy anyway. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll, we will remove an, a, an offensive or or a threatening comment, but we're not going to take the article down. Okay, <laughs> there's which, a, there which... is a big difference, which we obviously. We obviously removed the comment, mm-hmm. but they wanted us to take the article down because they said that, you know, it's going to hurt two, two people that we ended up naming in the piece. And which is that's something that the FBI always does. Well, you they named, say, you oh, named a couple of management people, uh, Clark and, and Perkins. Yes, Sean. Yes, Sean Clark and Dina Perkins. 
And they didn't like that, mm-hmm. you know, because they'd never been named before. These are, you know, basic pencil pusher administrators yeah. who are making very big decisions with people's lives. Yeah. So, and, and what happened was someone said something like relatively offensive and all they had to do was say, Hey, this comment, you know, and, and we, and we more than happy, you know, just to yank it and pull it. Thank you very much. It's gone and, and uh, deleted, but we're not going to take the article down. Well, that tells me, of course, that you're standing by the story. Absolutely. Big, big time. Yeah. Absolutely. What they ended up doing instead was they, they ended up sending a, uh, a uh, very long statement calling us, you know, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much horrible names. But yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, well, I mean, that means you did your job. Um, the just based on your reporting and your your research on this, and I'm sure you've done other stories about this, and probably have other information relating to this that you've come across in the process. Um, is this the classic case of seeing how the sausage is made and and thinking it's time to maybe try something else? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look. This is an issue of showing, you see, everyone knows about, you know, FBI agency. Or not, we don't know everything about them, but people know that there are, that the FBI agents exist. Mm-hmm. They know the FBI director exists. You know, maybe some of those, you know, the FBI deputy director, they see them testify, et cetera, et cetera. Right. What they don't know about are the administrators, like those people who work in those dark offices over on the seventh floor of the FBI here in Washington, D.C. And they're the ones who, who hold extraordinary power. And, you, you know, you don't know about the people who like to, you know, go into the FISA uh, issue as far as, you know, listening in on people's phones through, you know, saying, oh, well, we were just listening in on some foreign phone call of some terrorist, and, oh, gee, your phone call, you know, your phone conversation just kind of got caught up in it all. Yeah, imagine that. (laughs) So it's just like things like that. You know, people are are getting more interested in those, you know, pencil pusher Mm -hmm. sort of bureaucrats who hold an extraordinary amount of power over us. And that's what I think is uh, getting more pickup these days. Well, I'm out of time, Kerry, but just real quick, I, I, I get the feeling that um, if anybody who looks into this would think it's time to blow things up, and uh, I'm guessing you think that. Well, I think that what people are actually interested in is to uh, really uh, find out what's going on over at the uh, alphabet agencies that, uh, that, that really do need to get some sort of reform right now. I think it's called the deep state. Some people like to refer to it as the deep state. <laughs> hey, Carrie, hey, I, th- I really appreciate you. Great work, and uh, always good to have you on. Hope to have you on again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, that's Carrie Pickett, and she's from the Washington Times. I'll be right back. You'd have to say that last Tuesday wasn't a very good uh, day for Republicans, especially locally, and now we're officially, I guess, in a... Uh, in a presidential election year, and what are the Republicans' prospects for 2024? Guy Reschenthal represents the 14th District in uh, the House of Representatives, and he joins us now. Guy, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. John, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy it. So I know it was only a local election, uh, but this has been bothering me since, well, even during the campaign. But 
I find it kind of disturbing that Allegheny County elected a socialist uh, for county executive after sending a socialist uh, to join you in Congress, Summer Lee, uh, last year. She's a she represents Allegheny County. What should we take from this? Well, a few things. Number one is just how far left the Democratic Party has shifted. This is no longer the party of, of JFK. It's no longer your grandfather's Democratic Party. This is a radical, rabid, socialist, liberal, progressive party that's beholden to the radical members in it. And if you look at polling data in younger voters, the party is quickly moving to the left. Just for example, John, look at their stance on uh, Palestine versus Israeli support. There's more Democrats that support Hamas than support Israel. And if you look at the youth, the youth overwhelmingly in the Democratic Party supports Hamas over Israel. This is the kind of party that's been created, and this is the kind of party that I'm pushing back on. Yeah, uh, it's interesting you bring up the youth. I wasn't going to bring this up right away, but you mentioned it. Um, Abortion was a a major issue in this last uh, election. Uh, Obviously, it was an off-year election, and we're not talking about, um, well, the, the main issue was in Ohio where it got the most attention was the referendum. But I saw, speaking of youth, they had a breakdown, the demographics on that, that um, referendum that won. Yes was a vote for making uh, abortion part of the Constitution. And people, I think it was 18 to 29 was the breakdown. They voted yes, 81 to 19. That, how, do you, well, how do you go against that? Well, there's a lot going on there. First off, we should not back down on this issue one inch. If you look at the conservative movement and where we've actually gained ground over the last 20 or 30 years, it's in two areas, Second Amendment issues and pro-life issues. Mm -hmm. And the reason, John, why we have actually gained ground in those two areas, not just done a slow retreat like we have in the other areas, is because we refuse to negotiate. We refuse refuse to uh, equivocate. Uh, with Second Amendment rights and in the right to life. So I firmly believe that we need to uh, lean in. The difference where we're, where we're going wrong here is we need to make sure that American public knows that the Democrats are the extremists on the issue. If you look at polling data, mo- despite the election results, polling data shows that most Americans are where Republicans are. Mm-hmm. It's the Democrats that are wildly out of step, but no one focuses on that. And this is a party that wants abortion. It, uh, let me just back up. You went from Bill Clinton saying that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare, and that was the mainstream mainstream right. Democratic position. You go from that, and in 30 years, now it's abortion is a rite of passage. passage. Abortion should be celebrated. We, we should scream it from, from the mountaintops when, uh, when we have one. I mean, it's, it's celebrated in their, their culture. It's absolutely appalling, and I have no qualms pushing back on the Democrats for their extreme position. This is a party that wants to have abortion up to the moment of, of birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's wildly at its cap with, with the American people. Well, that's, what I, that's one of the things that I want to talk to you about. Um, and, that, and the question I have, and it's a tough one for, for you if you're a Republican, is that you know, the abortion has been a bad issue for Republicans. At least that's what they're saying, you know, this, this most recent election and maybe in 2022. So it's a bad issue politically, but politically compromising seems like the way to go. But what about morally? Fifteen weeks, you're still killing a baby as far as I'm concerned. 
I believe that life begins at, at conception and it yeah. ends at natural death. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not willing to, to back down on that. Again, what we need to do is we need to make sure the American people know how extreme the Democrats are and do more education on just how barbaric these abortions are. We let the Democrats get away talking about abortion as if, if, as if it's health care. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you're ripping apart an unborn child limb by limb and sucking that child out of the mother. Um, we, we need to make sure that people know that. And again, in, in, some, in some states, they want it to be okay to kill the child even after it's born if, they, if the child is being born as part of an abortion process. So basically, if you have a botched abortion and the child is still born, there's some Democrats that want to say it's okay to then kill that baby. Uh, it, it's, again, it's barbaric. It's wildly out of step. Our failures as a conservative movement is not articulating their extremism and how we're the ones that are in the mainstream. Well, that's going to get me to something that I've been talking about here for a while, maybe ad nauseum to some listeners, but I'm going to bring it up to you again because I, I, this is something I don't understand why the Republicans aren't doing it. On my uh, little iPad here and on my phone in my notes section, I have three videos that are animated versions of an abortion, okay? And you just described yeah. ripping limbs, you know, ripping arms and legs off and then sucking the, the baby out uh, and into a syringe. Here's what I don't understand. Two things. I could I know a little bit about TV. I don't have the I don't have the access to the, the equipment or the time to do it. I could produce an ad for the Republicans using that animated version of an abortion. And my idea was uh, there was a video of women yelling and screaming and jumping up and down and celebrating the uh, passage of the referendum in Ohio last week. And if I'm a Republican, my ad shows them jumping up and down on one side of the screen and the baby's arms and legs being ripped apart on the other. And it's people would feel like it was a little bit too gruesome. They would they would rip the Republicans for having the nerve to put something that grotesque up on the screen. I don't. You tell me, and I'm running this by you. I want your reaction. I don't think you're ever going to get that nineteen, that eighty-one to nineteen number to get closer to fifty-fifty if the kids aren't shown that in school and the Republicans don't put that up as in their in their ads to show this is what Democrats are okay with. This is what abortion looks like. Why aren't the Republicans doing that? Well, it's. Well, it's just not, well, the outside groups that advocate for this need to be doing that, and I would be supportive, but it's just not with the abortion issue. We have a society that's absolutely coddled, and we have a media that makes it far too easy to look the other way. For example, just like the discussion we were having, um, if you were to watch those videos, and by the way, if you look at sonograms during, during those procedures, the child is trying to move away. The no child question. knows that something is wrong. I mean, it's absolutely heart-wrenching, but it's just not with abortion. After 9-11, they stopped showing the pictures of American citizens jumping from the uh, Twin Towers to their death. Mm -hmm. And immediately, I wouldn't say immediately, but the the war effort softened, the desire to soften the war. That we should we should show those videos uh, all the time on 9-11 to remind people of the horrors that was 9-11. What the atrocity that you saw happen on the 7th of October in southern Israel uh, they just did a they just did a viewing yesterday the day before in Congress where you had 45 minutes of footage that was caught not by the Israelis but that Hamas had GoPro cameras on so they could record the atrocities and you saw horrible things going on people being burned alive people's eyes being gouged out rape you 
horrible, unspeakable thing. The American people should have to see that so they realize that there is evil in the world and why we have to justify the actions we have and that we're the force for good and there are evil forces in the world. But we have a coddled society. We have a mainstream media that refuses uh, to put evil on display. And, and here we are. And the Democrats are also uh, in control of education in most places. And my other question is, why are why don't the Republicans, uh, maybe they are, I'm not aware of it, I don't know if they may be doing it, but you have Republican school board members or people in power uh, who are Republicans who can in some ways influence what's being taught in schools. Why wouldn't those videos, why wouldn't the Republicans be pushing? You know, there's a lot of discussion about what's being read in schools and graphic, uh, sexual, right. you, know, you know, all that discussion about the transgender stuff going on. Right. Uh, and if why don't they switch the argument to, OK, you want to show you want to have a health lesson? Here's what an abortion looks like. Why isn't every boy and girl from the seventh or eighth grade on shown this in health class? Because I don't think, again, a, a guy, I don't think that, that the issue is going to change uh, just based on the arguments that you and I make. It's going to people are going to have to see what it is and, 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 well, and, and then defend it. Yeah, well, Republicans have to be more vocal. We have to be more, um, we, we have to lean in on these issues. Remember, we, we pride ourselves on being the silent majority. Well, mm-hmm. newsflash, we're, we're now the minority because we were silent mm-hmm. for 20 or 30 years. And we let a cultural revolution happen in this country where we just stepped aside and let it, let it occur. So if we want to come back to the majority and we want to reverse some of these trends we're seeing in society, we can't do it by being wallflowers. We've got to get involved. And so I would ask anybody that that has a conservative bent and wants to do something, run for these local positions mm-hmm. uh, and it, run for school board, run for council, start filling those positions all the way up. But then once you get in those offices, it's way too common to see people abandon their conservative principles uh, and for, a numer- for numerous reasons. You can't do that. You've got to stay committed to conservative cause and conservative movement. And, and you've got to be unapologetically conservative. I, I believe that I have done that since I've been in, in, in Congress, and I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but far too many people get into get into office and then and then go soft. Uh, it's, so that's one thing that we've got to realize. And it's just not it's just not in politics. Politics is downstream of everything else. So we've got to make sure that we're changing education. We've got to make sure that we're refusing, for example, uh, we're refusing to support Hollywood when they're just overtly bashing conservatives. Uh, we, we got to speak up in the boardroom when when Republican and conservative I- ideals are being trashed. And we actually got to get more aggressive in the workplace. You know, in, in the military, it's not uncommon to see a Republican get sandbagged, not promoted, get bad sentence reports, et cetera. And we all know why that is, because there, there's, a, there's an elite officer corps in the military. Well, we need to do the same thing to Democrats. If you are in a supervisory position and you have somebody that's a Democrat or a liberal, Sandbag them and promote the Republican. Make sure the conservative is moving up the corporate ladder and tank the liberals because they've done it to us to ruthless efficiency and effect in the last 20 or 30 years. We can't win if we continue to play by our imaginary rules. We will win, though, if we stick to our principles and play by the rules of the Democrats that played on us for the last 20 or 30 years. So when they change the rules, you play by their new rules and you beat them. We're talking to a guy, a Russian Thaler, represents the 14th District in Congress. I have a few minutes left with him here. Um, on to another subject. Uh, the, uh, it would seem pretty safe to assume that 
impeaching the Secretary of Homeland Security is a not just popular, but a wildly popular idea among Republicans right now. So what's your reaction to the eight Republicans who voted no on the resolution to get that done? Totally disappointed. My, first off, why are we waiting this long? There's enough evidence that we could have impeached my orchid day number one. If you look at the fentanyl deaths we have, something like 300 people die every day in the United States because of fentanyl overdoses. If you look at there, there's something like 300 people on the terrorist watch list that got caught coming across the border, which begs the question how many people on the terrorist watch list did not get caught and that are here in the interior of the United States. Remember, it only took 19 terrorists to pull up 9-11, and we know that we've only caught 300 or so uh, terrorists on the, on the watch list trying to come across the southern border. My work is should have, it should have been the first thing we did is impeach my work is, and we should have called in Hunter Biden before the Judiciary Committee to start the impeachment process on Biden. We should have done the same thing with Merrick Garland and uh, Christopher Ray for weaponizing the FBI. It's absolutely inexcusable that we have not had impeachments yet. So um, I think there's a feeling out there. I, I, I talked to a friend of mine today, a, Repub- a lifelong Republican, um, and he to the point where he worked the polls. He, he, he you know volunteers to work the polls. So he's very much a Republican. And what he said to me today was, I don't know if it was before or after I told him I was going to be talking to you on the radio today, but he said, um, I've been given a lot of money to the Republican Party over the years. He said, they're not getting a dime from me right now. And one of the things he's pointed to was the, the, uh, the Mayorkas thing. And just there always seems to be just enough Republicans to help the Democrats out. But the Democrats never come up with eight or ten people to, to prevent the Republicans or to, to help the Republicans get something passed. So that, no, it's, it's I think exactly that's out there, right. guys. People exactly are right. mad. People are upset with the Republicans yeah. right now. Yeah, and I empathize with, with his position, but I will say this. Everybody's always like, why are there more ads on for Democrats than Republicans? Yeah. And the, the truth is this. 2% of the Republican base actually donates to Republican candidates. 20% of the Democratic wow. base donates. They have a tenfold advantage. And part of that is because we do things that are old school like tithing, the Democrats have replaced their the, the Judeo-Christian values that they once had have been replaced by now worshiping their ideology. Mm-hmm. So their tithing is now these automatic contributions to like Bernie Sanders and AOC, et cetera. And they have these huge pools of money um, where they get reoccurring donations, small, small dollar amounts that add up. And it's a, it's a huge problem for the Republican Party. We need to get our base to do the same thing. Five, ten dollars at a time, reoccurring every month, makes a big difference in these races. Uh, but get, getting back to the losses and de- uh, Democrats sticking together, Republicans not sticking together, it goes back to the rules. We've got to realize that it's shirts versus skins that we are fighting for the life and the survival of not just America but Western civilization, and we're going to continue to get our te- teeth kicked in if we take the proverbial high road. We need to adopt the tactics that the left has used on us for the last thirty years and use it against them. We've got to stick together as a team, and we've got to go after Democrats. I'm with you, Guy. I appreciate you coming on the radio and talking about it, and let's see what happens between now and one year from now. Thanks, John, and thanks for all you do. Okay, thank you. That's Guy Reschenthaler, 14th District. I'll be right back. Well, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, uh, we had the producers of a movie co-producers of a movie on here quite a bit. The name of the movie was Gosnell, The Trial of America's Biggest Serial Killer. 
and uh, the it was about a, a doctor named Gosnell who was an abortionist and is now serving life in prison for murder. He was delivering babies and then snipping their spines with scissors and killing them if they were delivered alive. And the it was in Philadelphia, and there was very little publicity, believe it or not, in Philadelphia for this. It was a horrifying trial that they had, the, the testimony that came out, what was actually going on. They found um, coolers full of aborted babies, uh, baby parts. It was really nasty. And uh, the, what was going on in this uh, abortion clinic was really bad. And um, this movie that was produced did really well, even though, it, of course, because of the subject, Hollywood wasn't all that crazy about talking about it or promoting it. And it only was, believe it or not, this story happened in Philadelphia. The movie did very, very well for an independent movie with limited release. It was shown on in one theater in Philadelphia. One. And it still ended up making a lot of money and doing well for the producers. Well, the reason I, I bring this up is because um, one of the women who actually worked in the in Gosnell's clinic, she was taken to uh, court, and she was charged with, I don't know what she, exactly she was charged with, but whatever it was, she was convicted. Um, I'm sure it wasn't murder, but she got convicted of enough that uh, of something that uh, enabled her to be sent to prison, and she just got out not too long ago, and uh, she's going to be on the show tomorrow. That's why I that's why I'm babbling about this right now. She's going to be on the show tomorrow to talk about what she saw there. This is someone who came in as a really young, uh, I don't know, I want to say girl, but a young woman to work for this Dr. Gosnell. What does she know? She's a young, really young person. She's working for a doctor. Doctors are good people, you know, like FBI agents. And they can be trusted, and they would never do anything to hurt anybody. Well, she worked there, and... She's now uh, partnering with Abby Johnson, who's another former abortionist. She used to be. She used to manage a um, a Planned Parenthood office, and she would actually witness abortions until one day she had seen enough, and she quit. So she now runs an organization that helps people who work in abortion clinics leave quit their jobs, and get out of the business. So it should be an interesting discussion tomorrow. We'll have that um, and kind of revisit Mr. Gosnell, who still thinks he was, of course, unfairly sentenced to prison, and there are people who actually think that he was punished too harshly, but he is in prison for life. And we'll talk to um, a woman who worked for him tomorrow on the show. Hope you join us. I'll talk to you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.